0: Love Talk Radio. Cold why well, we can't
1: go outside and play
0: today? Baby, cause there's too much happening out there. We got misguided people in this world who turn to violence and use guns and sometimes innocent people like you and me get caught in the middle of it. Well, what's wrong with them? Baby, I don't know. They need changing a lot. reading the TV screens and headlines Don't seem to show that they dreams Their child wanna play right But they came cause the blocks filled with jump fire Ain't no name on them bullets when, when they take flight And so we're praying that's God for a safe night Right? Picture's getting wild out here Should no parent ever have to lose their child out here? So how we gonna gain peace of mind out here When the message unnerved though it's loud and so clear It make me want really to fly away highway But I not We'll reach on these streets trying to show a better way Man, woman, still it affects you. Violence ain't racist. Death committed, faces complacent. Till it hits home, that's when you taste it. And all of these murders and numbers unheard of. For reasons unheard of. Account for a third of crimes just committed. You hear, but do you feel it now? Me and my people stand strong until they get it. Tell the streets to put the thumpers down. Let's build a foundation here on common ground. And know that we won't stop until that piece is found. Silent and through the night, can you hear that sound? Don't play this, it ain't part of the problem It takes people in opposition to get together and solve In one city, one state, one nation, one voice And the victory is ours if you can make one choice oh, Why can't we live here and be? That peace is what we need Why don't we see?
2: Welcome to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, March 10th, 2011. I'm Sonya Cassandra Perdue, founder of CBBN, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and your co-host for this evening's show. Our host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher of the South Street Journal, will be joining us shortly. Opening up the show, you heard Common Ground from Chicago's Kosher. You know what? I never get tired of hearing that song. I just love that song. We are always looking for new music. Simply send us an email here or on CBBN or stop by our face page. You can always reach me at 312-239-8835. If you're interested in being a guest on an upcoming show, give us a call at 312-239-8835. Join us. Every Thursday evening, right here for Black Wall Street USA. We're here from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursdays, and we've been doing this over a year, and we want you to be here with us on Thursdays to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across this country. The show has a national focus. We will reach out to organizations and individuals across the nation in our efforts to connect the dots, the spiritual dots of our people across this land, We will bring forth ideas and agendas that are already in place, and we will try to let the nation know what works in our communities. Our ongoing question for this year is, what did black America accomplish in 2010, and what is the number one priority for our communities in 2011? We will be asking our guests for the evening that question. Mr. Shaka Barak, President, president of the Marcus Garvey Institute, will be here with us this evening. The vision of the Marcus Garvey Institute is for people of African descent to be aware of the life and many, many, many accomplishments of the Honorable Marcus Garvey. When we were last on the air, Reverend Willer Parker, the cousin of Emmett Till, who was with him that night that he was abducted in 1955 in Mississippi, was our guest. Robin Parker is our living history, and you can listen to that show and all of our shows and our archives at blogtalkradio.com cbbn. That's www.blogtalkradio.com slash cbbn. We appreciate him joining us last week, and we know that he speaks all over the country, and we look forward to having him back real soon to share those experiences with us. Black Wall Street USA is the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National, thanks to the support of our national office. You can listen to our shows also at BlackWallStreetDistrict.com. That's BlackWallStreetDistrict.com. Our show link is right there on the main page. You may also listen to a rebroadcast of this show at WJPCChicago.com, Saturday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., WJPCChicago.com, and we've got some great things going over on over here at Black Wall Street USA. Pretty soon, pretty soon, pretty soon, you're going to hear us all across the nation on different stations, so we look forward to uh, that participation. We look forward to talking to you not only on blog talk, but on FM stations across this nation. This is Black Wall Street USA. Our call in number is 347 326 Our call in number is 347 326 The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. This is how we connect. Press the number one if you'd like to speak to our host, our guest. If you have a comment or question, People tell me from week to week, I couldn't get into the show. I couldn't, couldn't get into the show. Listen to the prompts when you call in to 347-326-9477. It tells you to press the number one. It gives you other instructions. If, I, if you press the number one, it signals me that you have a question or you have a comment, and I will pull you into the show. I'll say, you're on there with Black Austria, USA, and we will certainly pull you into the show. Before we bring the chairman on the line, let's talk about a couple of upcoming events supported by and or co-sponsored by Black Wall Street Chicago. Coming up first is a community health fair. Remove the stress, reveal the passion. That's this Saturday, March 12, 2011. That's this Saturday. This program will be MC'd by Black Wall Street Chicago board member June Northfleet. June does a lot of things. She's in the two theater, and I certainly want to see her emcee this program on Saturday, so I will be there. This community health fair will be held at the Woodson Reg- Regional Library at 95th and Hosted. That's here in Chicago from noon to 4 p.m. They've got so much going on over there. Their flyers is just is just a full page. they got the auditorium. They've got some meeting rooms. This is no small thing. Just like your health is a big deal, so is this health fair. They have panel discussions. Physical therapy, massage therapy. They have a kids' zone, something about why. I haven't played why, some of you have. Health and wellness material will be distributed. A library full of doctors and nurses and other health professionals. If you got questions, you should be there. You should bring a friend and you should bring the children. That's a community health fair supported by Black Wall Street Chicago with the MC. Uh, will be one of our board members June North Fleet They say remove the stress Reveal the passion Saturday March 12th at the Woodson Library 95th and Halstead Noon to 4pm Please call for additional information 773-425-3391 That's 773-425-3391 They can answer any questions or concerns that you have I look forward to seeing you there Next event a small business tax workshop will be hosted through a community collaboration of Black Wall Street Chicago, the Moreau Foundation and h and r Block it's sponsored by City. This is a small business boot camp on taxes, one of the many uh planning sessions and boot camps coming up for the Moreau Foundation. So get it right that's your taxes get expert information on your taxes. Whether or not you filed your taxes, you need to be here for this workshop. That's Wednesday, March 30th. Mark your calendars right now, Wednesday, March 30th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. You know what a boot camp is. They cram all this stuff into you, You get a lot of information, give you a lot of information in one section. And you need this information. If you're a business owner, you definitely need this information. This will be held at the office of the South Street Journal, located at 449 East 35th Street. That's 449 East 35th Street, right on the first floor. They will love for you to RSVP. Seating is limited. So please, it is free. It's free. Did I mention that? It's free. So please RSVP to reserve a seat. This is the number for information: seven seven three three one five nine seven two zero. I'm going to repeat that: seven seven three three one five nine seven two zero. As a matter of fact, representatives from the Moreau Foundation will be our guests on Black Wall Street USA on Thursday, March twenty-fourth. So listen for updates on that show, and be sure to visit Chicago's Black Business Network dot com for more details on both of these events, and of course. Of course, of course, we want to fill you in on the upcoming Black Wall Street Chicago Economic Summit 15. They've had 15 of them. You listen to Black Wall Street USA on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Cassandra-Purdue, founder of CBBN and your co-host for the evening show. So let's welcome the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago to the air. Ron, welcome to the show. How are you?
3: How you doing, Sonia?
2: I'm just doing great, Mr. Carter. Tell us what's going on with Black Wall Street Chicago.
3: Well, you know we are planning for our next summit that's going to be on the 26th, and prior to our next summit on March 26th, then we have our reception. It's going to be next weekend, March 18th. So every three months we have our accountability of what Black Wall Street has been doing and what we plan on doing. Um, we have our regional representation that's really stepping up, which that means that's Gary, Indiana, to the point that there's some big plans for Gary, Indiana. And uh, our next-door neighbor is really moving forward on the Black Wall Street agenda for Gary. Um, And also they move so forward that Gary has been identified as our location for the second national Black Wall Street uh convention that's going to be held October the 21st to the 23rd so we're um we have our immediate objectives and our immediate uh, um goals that have to be met but the National Summit kind of brings it to the head, uh, even to the point that uh, this is Summit uh, 15, and May will be our fourth anniversary, In August is going to be Black National Black History Month. And then, matter of fact, you know, in October, here in Chicago, it so happens to be called uh, Minority Business Month You ever heard of that, Sonia?
2: No, I haven't But that, that's a great thing And a great idea Wonderful We be sure It's been going on Early 1985
3: uh, But it really hasn't gotten No big play So business is beginning To be a major focus uh, Outside Of the realm of Black Wall Street and so we just came out of an election. There is some accountability to the not only to those that got elected and those that are in runoff. But see there's a concern about those that were candidates and it seems as though they're getting ready to take a maybe a a, a three year vacation until the next election. I hope Get that's not here. the case. But <laughs> That is the reason why we're having our reception next Friday, March the 18th, to bring some um, some direction of not only those that won, but those that lost. Are you still going to carry the banner? Um, I guess I am talking about myself being a former candidate. Uh, but, yeah, we're – we're still moving naturally every thursday morning we have our black wall street committee meeting where we're preparing for the next summit so a lot of things on the agenda to sustain and increase black businesses
2: wonderful uh we do want to share with them and remind them yes there is a black wall street a committee meeting that's 8 30 on thursdays ron and how can they contact you
3: well you can get in contact with South Street oh, well South Street Journal, Black Wall Street, and we both share the same office, but that number is area code three one two six two four eighty three fifty one. And we'll be glad to take the the role that needs to be in working with anyone.
2: Okay. And uh you are looking to uh You do have a number of committees formed for Black Wall Street. This is uh, what I'd like to know, I'd like for our listeners to know, because sometimes we have first-time listeners. And just briefly, briefly, this is summit number 15. The original idea of Black Wall Street is, and did you really expect to see a summit 15?
3: Well, you know, there was not a real, uh, we knew there was going to be follow-up to what we was doing when we first started Black Wall Street, but we did not know exactly what way we was going to do it. So in our first summit, we indicated that, yes, there'd be a follow-up, and so that follow-up was with committee meetings, and from that committee meeting, we did determine after our first summit that we need to have quarterly follow-ups on our agenda. Um, and. Since that time has developed, that is what we did, and uh, we probably missed maybe about one summit in our past uh, four years, Uh, but we have been focused and been diligent in having each summit. A lot of the directions of Black Wall Street come from ideas and suggestions that are turned into motions and resolutions for the organization to move forward on. Uh, So we are uh, responsible for the actions that we do and accountable, and that is, again, the focus of uh, of the summits. And a lot of people come to the summits thinking one thing, but for the most part what I have experienced is when they leave the summit, they have a whole new idea of what Black Wall Street is all about. Uh, because there's many interpretations from the uh the relationship to Wall Street of New York to financial services uh and but many do not know our prime focus is to sustain and increase black businesses through actually counting the measurements of our success. How many new black businesses have we? Created and started. How many? Uh, how much money has been generated from the existing businesses and then from the combined businesses overall? So, our measurement stick has got to be on our stated objective, and that is to sustain and increase black businesses. So, what does that mean in dollar amount? What does that mean in uh, new businesses? and taking into consideration that in the last three or four months, the black community in Chicago lost three historical restaurants, um, Army and Lou's, um, Etna's on the west side, and uh, what is the other one? Army and Lou's and Elzola's Those are historical restaurants that, even though they weren't directly with Black Wall Street, there's still an accountability of what happened that those businesses uh, closed down. What we did not do or what we should have done is still is an assessment that Black Wall Street have to hold some responsibility if don't no one else do it. So those are some tedious tasks that we have to look at when we're talking about sustaining and increasing black businesses along with the laundry list of city contracts, of the the TIF districts, the the monopoly of ours opposed to others, uh, black Wall Street districts versus jobs there and comparing to Walmart 400 jobs, um uh, the minority question versus the black question uh when it comes to vendorship. Uh and then there is always that that noble business people that will sometimes be greedy at the sake of others. So we have to take in all of that. Uh we're looking at how the government is allocating funds for specific projects, how they were targeted to blighted communities, and where it has been proven that others receive the benefit when they're supposed to be targeting to the black community. So the, it's an ongoing agenda of sustaining and increasing black businesses, and our focus is to report that at every summit. And that is what's getting ready to happen on March twenty sixth from eight thirty in the morning to four thirty at room forty three, which is also a Black Wall Street district on forty third street. Wonderful.
2: Now, you're listening to the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. I'm Sonya Perdue, co-host for this evening. Mr. Shaka Barak, president of the Marcus Garvey Institute, is our guest this evening. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back with our guest um, who is on the line with us now and our host. And uh, our caller number is 347-326-9477. And we'll be right back after this break. back and you're listening to Black Wall Street USA on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN and your host for this evening's show. That was Boise Queen and Tenderly. I'm still reaching out for Boise Queen. Boise Queen was not well and we haven't heard from him for quite a while. He was a regular caller to this show and a regular supporter. He's a member of CBBN. It's my understanding from someone that I spoke to Two, and you can tell from the music that he was a child prodigy, and uh, that song is one of my favorites, but he has one, Grace Fields, which is absolutely phenomenal, and you know that he, his greatness, you know of his greatness. So anyone who knows Boise Queen or know how he is, please call me at 312-239-8835. I would really, really love to hear from Boise our host this evening is Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. Our guest is on the air. Mr. Shaka Barak, President of the Marcus Garvey Institute, is here to share everything that's going on with the his Institute and update us all, inform us, and teach us about the history of Marcus Garvey. Let's bring our guest on the line and welcome our chairman back to the air. Uh, Mr. Barak, you're on the air with Black Wall Street USA. Welcome to the show.
4: Uh, Thank you, Sister Sonia Perdue and Brother Ron Carter. It's a pleasure to be here with you.
3: Well, it's uh, indeed a pleasure as well. We have not uh, talked in a while. Uh, Definitely you were a part of the beginnings of uh, Black Wall Street as we, um, whoa, what's that, about, yeah, three and a half years ago that you kind of helped us to lay the foundation where we are. Um, And have you been keeping up with uh, Black Wall Street since our last talk?
4: Most definitely. I don't think it's been three years since we last talked.
3: Not since we last talked, but when we first got started.
4: Sure. Um, And uh, I'm quite impressed uh, with what you're doing. I know in your introductory remarks you shared the responsibility of the state of um, black Chicago um, because of the failures of uh, several prominent businesses in our community. And I think we all share uh, that responsibility. We definitely need to do more to maintain and sustain those businesses that we do have. So I salute you for that, um, that commitment.
3: Well, you know, it it is an an exclusive process, Uh, but taking full consideration the uh, Marcus Garvey, uh, the Institute of of Marcus Garvey and the work that you've been doing since uh, 1992, Um, as it relates to that mission and it relates to the, the... the traveling art exhibit and and in the lectures regarding Marcus Garvey, how do you reflect on it today? I mean, to the point that do uh, the 16-year-old and the 30-year-old, is it hard to convey to them what Marcus Garvey was about or is it easy?
4: Well, I think what's happening is, that in the light of, uh, for example, the issue that Sonia Perdue raised in terms of 2010, and the as we look back on it, um, I think that uh, a lot of people want to know, what uh, are we doing and uh, what should we be doing? And very often when a people or race or nation finds itself lost for a way to organize itself, empower itself, to protect itself, they begin to naturally look away from their present leadership and look toward history for role models and for solutions to their problems. When you talk about the failures of a couple of businesses, it's not far to see, uh, for anyone to see, that uh, whereas whites are owning the real estate insurance companies, banks, uh the jewelry the walmarts and k marts and targets um mexicans the ice cream tamales subway restaurants and and do the horticulture for the community The Chinese have their restaurants They're manufacturing everything up under the sun The Arabs have the gas stations Liquor stores uh, Grocery stores uh, They sell tobacco and bootleg uh, Every kind of product that you want The Indians have the donuts And the gas stations And the Koreans sell us our clothing um, And blacks have the candy stores And loose cigarettes and nachos I mean we need to uh, Begin to look at where are we and where are we going? So, Marcus Garvey becomes easy for people who, once they are exposed to the great achievements, it's easy for them to digest, easy for them to accept, and so our job is easy uh, to expose them to it and and get uh, favorable responses. They want to know more, they want to do more, they expect more in uh, this year, and so they want to see how do we place. Garvey and Garveyism on the agendas as we move further into the 21st century.
3: Mm -hmm. So is there some particular uh, projects that the Martha Garvey Institute is doing right now?
4: Yes, what we've done is we've looked back at the uh, collection inside of our archives of um, a couple of hundred um, photos um everything from the ships, the Yarmouth, the Kanawa, the Shady Side, the Orion, the Gothals. Um and we looked at the various pictures of the, the Marcus Garvey in his uniforms, in his uh Legion's uniforms, in his uh robes of office. We looked at the certificates, the buildings, the property uh that the UNI has owned, and we blew them up into poster sizes. And so it makes it very easy. you know. We said, uh, and the Chinese borrowed it, um, uh, uh, pictures worth a thousand words. And so we've blown these up, and as we share information, people are able to see. Sometimes they even are able to touch the pictures so that they can now see what the Alma Marcus Garvey accomplished, because there was a great attempt – To hide information about Marcus Garvey So it's not just whether the Marcus Garvey Institute Or the UNIA or Garveyites around the world Are able to push him And to encourage people to learn about him We do that in the light That there were people who made an effort uh, To remove him from history And so the book's um that are now you know available there was a time when if you got a copy of the philosophy and opinions that i encourage everyone to get a copy of that you could end up in certain parts of the world locked up or if you received even during his time a copy of his newspaper the negro world i mean they could lock you up and throw away the key why because garveyism or the idea of black people developing and sustaining themselves under the principles of self-reliance and self-help and independence, even to the extent of having their own government, has to, in many cases, appeared as a threat to those who, again, who have controlled the economics of our race. And so when you start talking about saving the restaurants and saving these businesses, well, for some people, to see those businesses fall simply means that the grocery stores that are owned by somebody else, they will make more money so they can send their uh, children to colleges and universities. Those who own the clothing stores when B. elegance fails and uh, has to struggle, they see that as uh, a, a victory for them. And so they've undermined the life and the works of Alma Marcus Garvey And and prevented and discouraged our people from learning about him From outright lies on him to other distortions And removing him from the history books And they've also benefited at the same time Because as we go down, they benefit from our going down And as we rise up, uh, they see it as a threat And so uh, the the, the double uh, challenge is Yes, to reach out to our people, but to also be aware that there are some people who are quite happy with seeing us fall. They were happy when Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921 was burned to the ground, bombed out of existence. And they were happy to see the Emma um, Marcus Garvey and the great enterprises that he created um, destroyed as well. And so uh, we want to always keep in mind that there's forces out here that want to see us fail.
3: So... How do you, now what's the difference, or is there any much difference between, I believe that, um, was it Nat Turner first, then Marcus Garvey, then after Marcus Garvey, Elijah Muhammad, then after Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, then after Malcolm X, uh, black nationalism, uh, and after black nationalism maybe there was black power uh so what is the trend even to the point as i indicated even before nat turner uh there was uh africa and there was the I- industry of, of africa even though we do look at that industry get involved in the slave trade but uh that where we go from there, I mean, and how do you look at that transition? There's always been some form of a Marcus Garvey movement, but that Marcus Garvey movement, even to the point as you look at the Black Wall Street, or Tulsa, Oklahoma, or in uh, I believe it was Florida, where they hear something of another Black Wall Street. They even had a Black Wall Street in. Um in Bronzeville here in Chicago to a great extent.
4: Well we um, have
3: talked about integration is what hampered that Marcus Garvey movement. But do you see anything of what Marcus Garvey stood for can materialize? Are we looking for another Marcus Garvey? or we're calling it something else? Is that something in the past?
4: Well, uh, first of all, in terms of chronological order, um, we certainly have our glorious ancient African civilizations, which ought to be the starting point when we look at where we've been. Uh, That means that we've had the great uh, queens and kings, uh, Queen uh, Empress Candace of Ethiopia, Cleopatra, Hatshepsut, Sheba, the Nandis, the uh, many kings who have uh, left us a great and rich legacy, the building of the Great Pyramid uh, in Kemet or Egypt, I mean, 2.5 2.5 million stones weighing seven, uh, two and a half to 70 tons, stacked 480 feet high, uh, seen 100 miles away, tallest structure. In the uh, ancient world known as one of the seven ancient wonders of the world built in such a way with such uh, geography, uh, uh, geology in mind that uh, today with all the space technology, it cannot be reproduced. And the mystery is how did Africans do it? And they surmised that Africans could not have done it because uh, the uh, science that was used to build the pyramid that we built in, in Egypt or Kemet um, was of such a nature that uh, Europeans didn't have it. Uh, they didn't have it for 1,500 years after it was built. And so they say that uh, aliens must have came from outer space and built it. They said the God came down and talked to people and showed them how to build it, but the African of himself. And so... It's resurrecting that history that has been important, and so now we move forward, and we were conquered, of course, uh, to speedily move forward, and when that took place, uh, 100 million-plus were move, removed from the continent of Africa and spread throughout the world, throughout what is now called the diaspora, and uh, those uh, different uh Communities, uh, plantations, and so forth, where we were enslaved, uh, kept us ignorant and in darkness, uh, kept us illiterate, uh, kept us blind, kept us dumb. And uh, then Abraham Lincoln in the United States of America, in one case, uh, in order to win a civil war, used a military strategy and he signed the Emancipation Proclamation. And this meant that those uh, Africans that were in the part of the country that was uh, uh, in rebellion against the Union, they were free uh, so that they could create havoc in the southern regions where they were free. But those Africans who were in the states where Lincoln was friendly with them, they were not freed. And so this farce was a military strategy, but the tragedy of it all was that As we emerged from slavery, we did not emerge with a collective sense of purpose, a collective sense of mission. And so we came out of slavery under the philosophy, under the education of the man who wanted to hold us down and has held us down. So what did we have? We came out of slavery, excuse me, facing Jim Crow for 90 years. So we were freed, so-called freed, emancipated 148 years ago, but yet 90 of those years, Um, We were under Jim Crow, and as I've often shared at uh, Black Wall Street economic summits, that meant separate public and private recreation areas, separate parks, hospitals, welfare institutions, separate prisons, hotels, restaurants and bars, theaters, restrooms, waiting rooms, train cars, drinking fountains, doors of entrance and exit, separate elevators and stairs. You go in one way, and white folks go in another way. You leave one way, and they come out another way. Churches. Uh, Government offices Separate sidewalks You couldn't walk On the same sidewalk Separate buses Blacks had to sit On the back Taxicabs were marked For Negroes only Separate barbershops Separate neighborhoods Separate cemeteries You couldn't even be buried With white folks Separate schools And oftentimes And most of the time All the time Those schools were separate But they were not equal So now we emerge Out of slavery With the uh, problem That Jim Crow Is facing us For 90 years So we've actually Only been out of this hell for about 58 years and we're expecting that uh, things should be much different than they are but the fact of the matter is is that they're the way that they are by design it is not an accident so chronologically again what do we have we had men during slavery yes like nat turner who created a resurrection insurrection uh, Nat Turner, and then you had the more moderate uh, leaders like Frederick Douglass, who called for the abolition of slavery, and you had the Denmark Vesey's that were again, you know, revolutionary in their intent. You had the Gabriel Prossers who were revolutionary in their intent, and then out of that you had the Booker T. Washington, who came in the stead of Frederick Douglass, and Booker T. said, uh, "Let's lift up ourselves by our bootstraps, not agitate for political empowerment." but let 's focus on economics let 's focus on being able to be the ones who can build who can who can who can use a hammer, who can use a saw who can use who can understand electricity, who can understand how to deal with agriculture and grow our own food and who can manufacture so we can have our own clothing and, and so Booker T left the scene and then while he was Uh, He hadn't even been buried in the ground yet. Du Bois stepped in and thought it was time for his leadership. But then Booker T. had extended an invitation to Marcus Garvey to come to America. But Booker T. had died by the time that he got here. So Garvey laid a wreath at his shrine and then moved around the country. Imagine this. You want to study a country. So you, for a whole year, you traveled through 38 states studying whether or not there was a comprehensive leadership that spoke to the needs of Our people and Marcus Garvey did Not find it he found the same thing You would find today that leaders Are living off of their laurels They're not accomplishing anything new Um, To Marcus Garvey a leader A black leader was a leader Who had the needs of his people On his mind all the time And he was always leading his people Towards fulfilling those Needs so you've had these Leaders and you had them then Who never really accomplished anything And they most of the time They were living off the philanthropy Living off the gifts, living off the Patronage of other people Whose real real objective has always Been to keep us in our place Never to make us independent, never to make Us self-reliant, so Marcus Garvey When he came on the scene, he had a great Challenge ahead of him, and in a Minute we'll talk about some of the things that Were accomplished, and why we need to go Back and understand those things, because We'll need to be able to do that, because We stand on the shoulders of Marcus Garvey, and when we we look at all of those other movements that we're trying to understand their significance in the life of our people, such as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, such as Malcolm X, et cetera, et cetera.
3: Mm-hmm. So with all of that, is there a, a, a focus of this whole economic development that you can see that can turn around the spirit of what Marcus Garvey had?
4: Yes, I think if we're, first of all, uh, honest with ourselves, this method of economic development uh, that is uh, under the control of this system may need to be altered in order for us to reach uh, some serious accomplishments and some serious goals. I mean, if we continue at the rate that we're going and not acknowledge that our businesses are marginal, unstable, poor credit risk. They are exclusively retail and service trades. They are limited to uh, African, the African-American consumer. There are a few banks loan money to African-American businesses. Insurance companies don't want to insure us. Um, businesses lack business traditions. Uh, blacks have no special advantage in occupations or trade. We lack managerial skills and the right attitude. Uh, let me give you something in terms of that in Japan if you pulled up into a gas station the people uh, would come out and greet your take your car then somebody would be doing the windshield cleaning it off somebody would be emptying the ashtrays if you were a smoker somebody would be um uh cleaning out the interior somebody would uh escort your car i mean get, put the gas in the car and then drive the car out and Get and clear the street so that you can move your car into traffic now, when it comes to us, we have some very serious challenges in terms of um uh, the lack of a culture, a business culture. So we, have the, we lack group solidarity. I mean, half the time we are complaining about the kind of service that we get when we go into a black-owned business. And so there's a declining role of small businesses uh, in this economy. I mean, most people don't, uh, that run the businesses in our community don't, don't even reside there. I mean, 26% of the, uh, the uh, successful uh, business. Uh, Men and women live somewhere in the suburbs. And so that kind of uh, system, if we try to further that without changing that, altering that, then we'll continue to stay in the situation that we were or that we are. Now, what was the difference with Marcus Garvey? The difference was, first, the Alma Marcus Garvey saw the need for unity. He saw the need for cooperation. He saw the need for organization. How can you not be successful when you have an organization in three months that has 800 members? In three years, it has 3 million members. And, uh, and before he left, 11 million members, which means anything that you go to do. You want a building? You go and get uh, 100 men. You say, okay, uh, come up with uh, $1,000. Now you've got $100,000. You want a restaurant? You want grocery stores? You want tailoring shops? You want manufacturing? You want factories? You want black baby dolls that you can distribute on a mass level? Then you've got the resources inside the masses of people. But when we maintain this individualism, in our attempts to try to build uh, massively uh, economic uh, prosperity, uh, it it will not work. And so we need to probably reconsider Garveyism and what he did because he organized the masses. And as my sister introduced uh, the Marcus Garvey Institute, she said that You know, uh, he was the uh, leader of the first mass movement. Now imagine a mass movement so that every other person that you meet, you know, is a member of the UNIA, is a member of this mass movement. Then you can get things done. One of the reasons that the Japanese are so successful is 99.9% of everybody in Japan are Japanese. And so they have that unity built in. One of the reasons that the Chinese are so successful is not just because they have all of these numbers. They have a sense of being Chinese. And so the major ethnic group represents over 94% of the uh, billion-plus people that are in China. But now because of the damnable institution of slavery and how we didn't have the leadership then and really don't have the leadership now to bring us all together. Though we are in this country 40 million plus strong, we operate as a group of 100 here, 100 there, 50 here, uh, a, a thousand here, maybe, maybe eleven thousand over here, maybe a million over here. But as a whole, we are divided, we are disconnected, and so that's one of the benefits of looking at Marcus Garvey, is because we want to know how did he do it, and how what, how must we do it? And so again, in terms of uh, your question and addressing the the economic needs uh, uh, today, we that we need to rethink how do we organize the masses of our people with a collective agenda that speaks to all of those needs and not continue to move out here as individuals where they pop us off one at a time they knock us off one at a time they kill this leader or they kill uh, this business or they 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 stifle this creativity or or they have these institutions that are failing i mean the the japanese schools have uh so have been so Uh, successful until on a world scale when they look at the 36 industrialized nations in the world the leading nations in the world the japanese the chinese the koreans top one two three four five and where's america at they're down here uh 25th uh 21 uh 14 and when you see that the uh, america is down real low then you can just about imagine no sister Sonia Perdue is the type of organizer who doesn't have to imagine what the state of black America is she's got the facts and when we look at those facts it's just like the old saying by the elders if the white man has a cold we have pneumonia and so we're in a situation where we with the uh, kind of lack of cooperation that exists among our people. Uh, economically, we have pneumonia. Now, if we want to heal, we've got to look for some cures, and that is one of the reasons that we look at the Albert Marcus Garvey, because if in the 1920s, without the aid of the computer, without the aid of space technology, without the aid of some of the things that we have today, uh, telephones in everybody's home, uh, cell phones in everybody's pocket, then uh, he, yet he was able to do what he was able to do, then Chuck's, we need to look back at that because we need to start doing some of those things Marcus Garvey had talked about, and uh, and that's why I'm glad we're here so we can talk about those things.
3: What's the difference between him and um, um, say Elijah Muhammad or Malcolm X? Even though I understand that Malcolm X, his uh, father was a um, uh, a member of the Marcus Garvey Institute. Uh, well, but before just, that, uh, we are going to go to a caller, and okay, then I sure. want to come back to that. Can we? Certainly. Okay. Uh, Sonia,
2: we have a caller? Yes, you're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, your co-host for this evening, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago is our host on the air with, I guess, Mr. Shaka Barak, president of the Marcus Garvey Institute. Caller in the area code 773, last four digits, 1048, you're on the air with Black Wall Street USA. Go ahead.
5: Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, This is Jewel, and it's a pleasure to hear Mr. What's his name? Him tonight speaking, because... Everything that he said, everything that he's projected out there, I hope that it can be repeated. I'll move half of it down. We need to really have a leader that can step up and lead us and teach us because that's the problem. A lot of people don't even know what Black Wall Street is and what happened during that time in 1990. As to the fact of the whole them building their whole stores, banks, um, shoe stores, everything, their clothing stores, they did everything because they did so much, this is why the black man tore it down it and burned it up and killed them. But we can learn to stick together and to step up and be bold just for ourselves as a unit. We need to be united together. We need to be cooperative together. We need to be, have a determination to do these things together, not as one person, but as many. As groups, We've got groups everywhere. I can tell you so many. But if we can unite to, unite together, as, as, along with the one group that I'm in with, Webb uh, Evans, trying to be strong for our own selves, putting our money back into our own community, all these things—it's needed. First of all, we need a, one leader, one person that everyone can speak on and approve in, in unity of, of the truth, and also to teach us the economic uh, the economic procedure because. Uh, as Webb was saying He wants to take it to the church Instead of teaching so much about What they teach every day Every Sunday in church But teach their families And their, everyone about economics Some people don't know They don't even know about Black Wall Street When I ask them When I tell them They know little That needs to be repeated, repeated, repeated I right, know that Very
3: good, Joy Now, um, Shaka She indicated the notion That one leader Is that something, you know, as we all are talking about um, economic development and the the spirit of Marcus Garvey, and she indicated one leader. Do we need one leader to keep us on this focus?
5: Not one leader leader per se, but one leader in each individual community, in each city, uh, like we had with Harold Washington. One leader, I don't mean one leader for us all, but one leader for, let's say, ten groups. If ten groups come together that we got so many of and form a unity, that's what I'm talking, a cooperative unity together with one purpose. You understand?
4: Well, I'm not afraid of the idea of one leader. We call it a racial hierarchy. You have kings and emperors and other nationalities and they're not ashamed they are not mm-hmm. apologetic the challenge is being able to develop a leadership that is worthy of being elevated to a aristocracy or being elevated to the position where they represent us like the pope does the church of rome nobody questions oh. whether the pope uh, is the one leader Of course he is the one leader of the Church of Rome. When it comes to the king, uh, one just got married, and uh, they roll around in golden carriages, and nobody questioned that. Uh, Nobody questioned the emperor of Japan. The problem is that the African has been removed from his traditional, his ancient traditional systems of government, where we had queens where we had kings. But these were men and these were women who were honorable, who were worthy. And then a process was created so that they didn't pick themselves. Marcus Garvey didn't pick himself. He called uh, for an international convention where there were 400 million black people in the world at that time. We're closer to a billion now. And he invited the representatives uh, from the 400 million from around the world. That means blacks from China, blacks from Japan, ja- blacks from Australia, uh, African. Of people of African descent from all over the world sent representatives and so in Madison Square Gardens this was the third time that it had ever happened where Madison Square Gardens the old one was filled to capacity 25,000 black men and women from all over the world came and they sat down and they didn't sit down for a weekend this wasn't a chicken fry or fish fry this wasn't a barbecue they sat down like Parliament sits down like Congress has sat down they sit down they sat down for the whole Month of August from the first through the 31st, and every area of interest that affected us as a race was taken into consideration. And then, out of that, they decided that they needed to elect, they needed to choose the leadership that would represent the race. And so a hierarchy was created, and it just so happens that the people felt that the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey ought to be our provisional president of Africa, and they elected him as such. They felt that the Honorable Marcus okay. Garvey ought to be the president general of the UNIA, and they elected him. They elected some people with uh, less offices and less positions, but nonetheless, we uh, carried out a tradition where we used to have kings, queens, chiefs, paramount right. chiefs and other leaders of that nature, and there's nothing Maybe wrong with
3: that. Maybe that has something to do with August has been declared uh, the National Black Business Month. Uh, but we have enough, uh Jewel, thank you for your call. And we have a uh, a caller. Uh, we're going to take a break. And I'll uh, well, tell you what. Uh, let's go ahead and take that caller right now. Is that okay, Sonia?
2: That's perfect, Chairman. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. We're going to area code. 305 last four digits two seven one two you're on the air with black wall street usa oh, gre- tell, us, tell us who you are tell us who you gre- are and where you're calling from it and your comments
6: greetings and salutations uh I'm, my name is don rico russ don rico i'm calling from south florida and just to salute to yourself the host and uh my my brother Shaka Barak president mm-hmm. of the Marcus Garvey Institute and to commend you both commend you all on the very informative um program and programming that you present mm-hmm. I'm glad well, to be thank you, able- you uh,
3: for the comments and the uh, compliments uh so as we made these discussions you have a, a statement uh relating to the uh to the topic or to uh uh brother shaka or even related to black wall street
6: well i, I tuned turned it a little bit late because i only saw the email shortly a short while ago um, but i would like to say that um issues of um business and commerce and economic activity Clearly, are very important today, as they have always been, and they certainly were were important, as exemplified by the honourable Marcus Misai Davi. So you, uh, to, uh, now you're
3: uh, from uh, what part of Florida again?
6: I'm in South Florida.
3: South Florida.
6: Mm-hmm. Yes, I. am. hmm Oh, what part? In um, Miami-Dade County. Okay. Is there
3: any movement similar to uh brother uh Shaka's regarding a black um economic agenda or a Marcus Garvey related um institute as it is here in Chicago? Does one exist there in uh uh in South Florida?
6: Yes, but first I'd like to point out that I'm calling from a city the municipality known as Miami Gardens. Now Miami Gardens is the largest black majority municipality in the state of Florida. Fairly recently incorporated as a, a as a city, in fact in um two thousand yeah. and five. What's the population? A, it is about a hundred thousand.
3: Wow, and, and it just was incorporated as a city? And just recently?
6: Yes, in t- 2005. Because um, A
3: population of 100,000, that's bigger than Gary, Indiana.
6: Oh, yes. It, it, it certainly is one of the most um, economically well-positioned cities. Well,
3: let me ask you, how many com- uh, black businesses or percentages of black businesses uh, is represented there?
6: Well, I have to admit, I would not be able to say offhand because I said I I I saw the 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 um email about this program a very short while ago, so I wasn't able to rally all my resources in terms of information and stuff like that. But um. uh
3: what is it called, Miami? What?
6: Miami Gardens.
3: Miami Gardens is that Miami, a suburb of Miami, or next door to Miami, or what's the uh, geographical location to you? Miami?
6: Miami Gardens is a part of Miami-Dade County. Okay. Miami-Dade County is made up of various um, municipalities.
3: Okay, so then, uh, but offhand, you cannot give the approximate representation of black businesses in this new uh, municipality?
6: No, I'm, I'm absolutely willing to admit that I don't have that information offhand.
3: I would say that that is some uh, some interesting news. That here it is that we actually have a new black city that just was established uh, seven years ago.
6: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. So where was the hoopla about this? Or so was there a hoopla? Or did you all have a celebration? And
6: well, let, let, let me explain. The the, the the population has always been here.
1: It's uh-huh. just that it was
6: only recently incorporated as a separate autonomous municipality in 2005.
3: Africa, why y'all end up doing something like that? Because
6: well, how did that, that, is, that
3: transpire that this, uh, this section of this county decided to incorporate it as a city?
6: What... Well, well, Who, what made that of, happen the charter of miami-dade county um this prescribes and re- requires all areas to be incorporated and uh, sorry incorporated or be annexed by an existing municipality or what you would call a city okay i understand all right so um in 2005 after there was a previous attempt to create an independent um, autonomous city or municipality, but it only succeeded in two thousand and five
3: now is and is this population what percentage of this uh municipality is black
6: oh the, overwhelmingly uh, uh, close to eighty percent of the population is this municipality are black people.
3: Are you all familiar with Black Wall Street down there?
6: Uh, to some extent. To some extent.
3: Okay, um, well, just mm-hmm. like we're going to... Uh, Sonia, where are we going? We're supposed to be going in March in Michigan.
2: Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be going to Benton Harbor, Michigan. I'm not exactly sure when, Mr. Carter, but we are supposed to be going down there.
3: Do we need to go down to Florida?
2: I think so that seems as though that population that is like a one hell of a Black Wall Street district
6: but let me explain something further, it's important to understand the demographic reality of wherever we are um, the largest and the fastest growing part of the black population in the United States actually comes from or is in um, Florida especially South Florida. As you probably know, you might have seen on the news the fact that um the Haitian population here is the largest part and the fastest growing part of a very substantial immigrant community. Alright. Which is so important is that
3: what made that municipality be produced?
6: Uh, Partly. But it also goes back to the desire of um, black people, whether African American or other black um, ethnicities. Okay, well let me
3: go back to uh, Shaka uh, right quick. Now Shaka, given what has just happened in uh, Florida, where there was not necessarily that the the blacks there decided that they were going to develop them a municipality of their own, they were somewhat sanctioned by the state to do so. Now, taking the back-to-Africa stance of Marcus Garvey, or even not just that, but the nationalism that Marcus Garvey was uh, uh, marching within the black community, how do you compare, and I'm not for sure if this is the right term, the psychic of black people to form a municipality in 2010 and in 19... What's that? Marcus Garvey was here in 19...
6: Uh,
3: uh, 1916 to 1926. 1926. So how do we compare the psychic of Marcus Garvey to the the law that kind of mandated blacks to do what Marcus Garvey wanted us to do?
4: Well, first of all, Don Rico, the brother that you have on with you, Uh is the leading Garveyite in the whole state of Florida. In fact, the leading Garveyite in that whole region. And so uh, what he shares with you, because earlier you asked whether or not Garveyism or the Marcus Garvey Institute was going on there, Uh, the uh, most significant annual celebrations that take place in the state of Florida this is the brother who puts those together. And mm-hmm. so he knows whereof he speaks. And so when we you ask how is this happening in the light of what Marcus Garvey taught or the psychic of Marcus Garvey, uh, it's natural. And so it's no accident that whenever you scratch below the surface uh, of what is happening in the African world, let alone Florida or Chicago, or Alabama, or Atlanta, or inside of a movement, inside of an organization. Whenever you scratch beneath the surface of these movements and organizations and nations, you will find Marcus Garvey. It's not an accident.
3: Okay, well look, we're gonna take a break, and I would like for both of you, you know I'll call. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, give me your name again, uh, brother.
6: It's Ross Don Rico.
3: Ross Don Rico, hold on with us. I want to further uh, the conversation that uh, Brother uh, Shaka has led us to and we're going to take a sh- quick break and we're going to uh, uh, come back and we're going to have another caller that's joined us as well.
2: Uh, Sonia? you listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of CBBN. You're on the air with Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. Our guest this evening is Mr. Shaka Barak, president of the Marcus Garvey Institute We want you all to stay on the line We'll be right back after this brief break We're going to give everybody a chance To catch their breath And we're going to come back with this Dynamite Dialogue It's a people problem That's you people. and me
1: It's only easy but we
7: could solve this confusion If we tried instead try of shooting try, Plus there's try. no excuse when we have mouths That could use them for apologizing And acknowledging fault instead of falsely accusing we, Making threats, shouting and verbally accuse. abusing You see, we no. could blame race Because it's easy and it's legal But the one common denominator, Ooh. people Is people People It's a people problem
1: People People Ooh. It's people
7: problem is that you and me. The
1: problem is
7: people that you and me. You close your eyes and listen closely. The problem is that you and me. And I'm
1: sure you for green.
7: When there's love, you feel the other person's heart. and that heart becomes something that you wanna take care of. And this. It's what we're lacking. The problem is not money or the lack thereof. The problem is people doing evil things to get it and evil things with it. Humility has totally left us. The reason I'm here is to help you help me
1: help us. It's a people problem. You open your eyes.
7: The problem is And I'm It's simple and plain. People purposely impose upon others their misery and pain. Their primary motive and mission is to spread their anger and displeasure and to put other people in their position. Plot. They practice illegal tactics, they play a game of pretend And the Ooh. problem is not time, they have plenty of that to spend The problem is
1: people
3: want a
1: deal Ooh. It's a hole. If You open people. your eyes
7: The problem is
1: people
7: that deal The problem is people That's you and me Acknowledging the source won't help
2: Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN, and your co-host for this evening's show. Mr. Shaka Barak, president of the Marcus Garvey Institute, is our guest this evening. Our host, Ron Carter, will be back with us shortly. We want to make a couple of announcements before we go back to our guests and our phone lines. You, our, phone, our caller number is 347-326-9477. want you to be patient just a few minutes. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. Our lines are full, but if you want to want us to bring you on the air, you have to press the number one. That's an indication to me that you'd like to speak to our host or you have a comment. Want to share uh, a few of our upcoming events with you, and we're going to go back to the phone lines. For the past few weeks, we've been sending out information about the Presidential Scholarship and Educational Initiative for Community College Students, sponsored by Illinois Institute of Technology here in Chicago. Simply, I keep spreading the word about this scholarship because it's news that we can use. In the fall of 2010, 26 students from city colleges in Chicago and 28 students from St. Arthur Lewis Community College entered IIT as undergraduates supported by this presidential scholarship. The recipients of this scholarship received $23,500 in annual tuition for up to three years at IIT, Plus $5,000 annual towards their housing for on campus residency at the university. Now, you know the theme of CBBN is let's talk about nothing but success in 2011. We want to help, we want you to help us do this by spreading the word about this. If you are a community college graduate, you can apply for this. This is for community college graduates. Last year was the first year of this scholarship offer. The deadline for application is April 15th. That's why I continue to get this information out and I ask that you share it. Chicago's Black Business Network.com will be hosting an information and resource session on Wednesday, March 23rd from 6 p.m. to eight p.m. to provide you with information on how you can take advantage of this scholarship program. You can make application at that time. They will have representatives there. For, uh, to address your questions and issues, so we need to get right on this. That's March 23rd from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at 10 West 35th Street on the 6th floor on the IIT campus. Bring a friend, bring a few high school students so they can apply for this program so that you can find out what the requirements are and if you're not eligible this year so that you can apply next year. My question continues to be, if it was 54 scholarships handed out Last year, how come there cannot be 154? It can be. If you show up, get your application completed by April 15th, we can do this. You can also contact BJ Everhart, admissions counselor at IIT. Her number is 312-567-3027, 312-567-3027. Let's make her phone ring off. Let's get these scholarships going. Let's stop saying, I cannot afford to go to college. A lot of you qualify for these scholarships. Please, just move forward on this. You can go to the website, www.iit.edu, www.iit.edu. Do a search for presidential scholarships. Also, CBBM will be hosting its first business planning meeting, which is open to the public, that's Saturday, March the 12th, between 2.30 p.m. and 4.00. 30 p.m., we ask you to join us and other CBB members to discuss our upcoming programs and events. That's at the King Branch Library here in Chicago at 35th and King Drive, March 12th, to 30 to 4. So I'm going over to the health fair at uh, Woodson Library, that's noon to 4 p.m. over there. I'm going over there, then I'm coming back to the meeting at King Branch. We're going to talk about an upcoming job fair that we've scheduled for April. Uh, Everything's set for that, and we're going to tell you a little bit more about that. We're planning an upcoming business expo, our first one for CBBN in September, or October. We want you to be a part of that. We're doing jobs training and services, uh, a youth program outreach. We want to collaborate with your organizations and other organizations and strengthen our basis so that we can move to the next level of success. And that's part of what we're talking about. You can always call me at 312-239-8835. I return all my calls, 312-239-8835. want you to know the direct number for Ron Carter is 312-624-8351. These are a lot of telephone numbers, but you know you can listen to us in the archives and on WJPC Chicago, 9 a.m. to 11 on Saturday mornings, let's talk about nothing nothing, nothing but success in 2011. you listen to Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonya Perdue. Let's go back to our host. Let's welcome our host to the show, Ron. You're back on the air. Let's bring our guest back, Mr. Shaka Barak. Let me hit that right oh, now. Shaka, you're Mr. Shaka still you there? Oh, yes, I'm Yes, still he here. is. And we do have one caller on the line also.
3: Okay, well then, uh, Shaka, let's hold just a minute. Take our other caller, and then we're gonna come back to the Q uh, Q and A with you, okay? Certainly. All right, uh, caller, you're uh, with us.
6: Um, if you're referring to me, yes, I am.
3: Yes, I'm referring to you. How are you doing again, brother?
6: I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be able to have this conversation with you, my brother and my sister. Uh, Ms. Perdue. Uh before I'd like to just add, um, uh, Ms. Purdue, I'd like to say, um, I noticed that your middle name is Cassandra.
1: Yes, it sir. should interest
6: you to know that one of the most beloved and famous reggae songs coming out of Jamaica is called um, Cassandra. Right on, Cassandra, right on.
2: Oh, yes, I'm going to I'm gonna have to get that. I love that. Thank you oh, yeah. so
6: much.
3: And I know you will, won't you?
2: Yes I will.
6: <laughs> and and Brother Ron, I'd like to I'd like to um, salute you for for your work in um establishing the Black Wall Street and um the, the various um economic um initiatives that you have, have have introduced and have put in place. And I most certainly want to salute my brother Shaka Barak for his for his eloquence and his his, his substantive knowledge and reasoning regarding our beloved Honorable Marcus Mazzagavi. Thank you, Mm -hmm. my brother.
3: Well, let me ask you both based on how are we going to be progressing. I'm still looking at what happened in uh, South Florida is that it was more of a mandate of the government to push for this black municipality. And even here in Chicago, as we push for the black Wall Street district, uh, some people shy away from it, some people uh, enhance it. Uh, Even though our efforts have been more of an organized directive, do the uh, brothers and sisters in South uh, Florida uh, of that county do they realize that they have developed a power base? Are they aware of that power base that they're? Uh, and I would assume that the elected officials there are of uh, African descent as well.
6: Oh yes, the 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 um the city um, council, or what you'd call the, the city commissioners, or all um black people. Um, I'd like to clarify something regarding that mandate. The the, the mandate and that the, the charter that underlines the mandate of Miami-Dade County, this is an old county here now, uh, which essentially comes a, as part of the establishment of the, the, the county itself, ultimately indicates and demands that all areas within the county have to be eventually, sooner rather than later, to become incorporated as a city or municipality, as you call it, or be annexed onto an existing municipality. Mm-hmm. This community so
3: is that a mm-hmm. vote determined by a referendum or by the Elected officials to make that determination: whether they're going to be a unit of an existing city or they're going to be a unit to themselves.
6: Oh yes, the, the, the people of the of the area, which was previously called um, um, Coral City and mm-hmm. parts of um, Opalaka determined. And as I said, this is a community made up largely. Overwhelmingly, of black people. Okay, superst- so then,
3: mm-hmm. okay, now, given that that is a a power base per se, mm-hmm. does the population, uh, the residents of this here uh, city, realize what that contributes to black America?
6: Oh yes, and um, to the extent that where they may, may not realize it or may not want to openly say it, people like myself have a responsibility to keep reminding them that not only are we um uh, uh, not only is this city Miami Gardens the third largest municipality in all of Dade County but is, in fact, the largest black-majority city in the whole of Florida. Mm-hmm. But at the same time,
3: what many other, people. Uh, uh, as I said, uh, Gary, Indiana is under 90,000. Um, mm-hmm. Can either one of you think of another um, a city in the United States that is similar to uh Uh, Miami Gardens or Derry, Indiana?
4: While we're looking at cities, we have, here in Chicago, about 20 wards that are 90% or at least over 50%, and in some cases, uh, there's at least a dozen that are 90% black. Potentially, that means that uh, the people, if they... Were to organize themselves They could develop On lines of nationalism um, So wherever There are large communities Of black people We could organize around The principles of nationalism The problem oftentimes is And you used the word earlier Integration We think the white man's ice is colder We hmm. think that um, uh, We have to have uh him in our midst. And so we don't develop on independent lines uh as we should and could. We have had then, let me ask is...
3: you this now. Even taking the term uh nationalism, uh and then taking the um uh the demographics of Chicago and even taking the demographics of um uh, uh Miami Gardens um to the point, the results of this last election where this unknown person, per se, by the name of Rahm Emanuel, won every black uh, precinct, every black ward in the city of Chicago. He did that under the banner, per se, of Barack Obama, whether Barack Obama sanctioned that or not. Would Barack Obama, you know, I'm, so I'm asking two questions here. One question is, would Barack Obama influence, yay or nay, black nationalism in Miami Gardens, and does that say in Chicago that getting toward black nationalism is a far cry based on the results of this past election?
4: well President Barack Obama is not a nationalist, and very there are very few people who are. no he's not,
6: he's, no, no he's not a black nationalist yeah very he's few an american people, nationalist
4: yeah, he's an American nationalist, in other words, he promotes the ideals of Americanism, and Americanism is uh strangling, murdering, killing. And in the process of exterminating, do you know there are people that are just waiting? They are looking at their clocks, their watches, and they're just counting the time when the right. Ask but them, I understand that part. But what I'm
3: asking is that based on his influence or his influence in, as you stated, these wards in Chicago, which really is a minimum of. 19 of them are 75% black. But the identification of a black candidate was overwhelmed by the perception that Barack Obama was not. Well, first of all,
4: you didn't have one candidate. That's the problem. You can't have national. I'm not trying
3: to talk about politics, I'm really trying to talk about. Black nationalism
4: Yep, That's what I'm Was talking about
3: that, Are we far from Black nationalism As uh, As we move forward We are Even dying, to the point in, we're uh, dying uh, gardens. We are dying it's from integration
4: we're not, We are dying from integration We don't focus. have Black nationalist leaders From the president on down Because what it requires To be a nationalist In terms of thinking In terms of self in terms of your race, in terms of your community, in terms of your nation. I mean, look at it. When you look at Rome, Rome was a small city state, but the leadership had the ambition for an empire. Greece was a small city state, but they had the ambition of empire. But when you look at the African-American leadership in particular, what do they want? They want barbecues. They want chicken sandwiches. They want fresh fish fries. They want to be under the leadership of the European. And so as long as we maintain that attitude, then we Based won't be able to do what Black Wall Street did. Sometimes what? it seems almost that we have to be forced to be able to do for self. Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, didn't exist because white folks uh, encouraged it or supported it. What happened was, due to segregation, Due to the fact that blacks could not, uh, they could work as domestics inside of the white community across the tracks. But when it came to spending their money, they had to spend the money inside of the black community. So it had the unintended effect of creating millionaires, creating the highest level of literacy, creating uh, a self help and self reliance, creating people with some of the best skills doctors and building. Uh, institutions and so forth, and so we can we, we can't we 're not going to be forced into segregated communities; we just happen to be there now. The question is how do we build while we 're there and that 's why Black Wall Street is so important because you 're reaching out to those communities, you know where those communities are, and if we can infuse it with black nationalist economic philosophy then we can turn those communities around. But if we're waiting on somebody in the White House to turn around the black community, it'll never happen.
3: Okay, so as we're moving on this uh, agenda of black Wall Street districts to the point that we started with 75th Street, now we're up to uh, 16 uh, black Wall Street districts in Chicago we're definitely blanking in Chicago to say it will be the next Black Wall Street, in which people do identify that subconsciously as Black nationalism without saying it. So, But uh, given the fact that as Black Wall Street is slowly being accepted in Chicago, how do we still take that leadership, per se, of people may, like Barack Obama may, may influencing the direction of inclusion of other races? Or how may, do we separate black may, nationalism to maybe the people that live in
6: Beverly Hills or High Park or may, Oak Park? May, may I suggest something? May I say something? Sure. May I say something, brother? Hello. Yeah,
3: here. go ahead. Go mm-hmm. ahead.
6: Um, I, I think, it, especially in regard to um, Marcus Garvey, but also in regards to the various issues you are raising, there are some things that we have to to recognize in terms of having a pro- proper context of what we're discussing. First of all, Marcus Garvey, above everything else, was more than a nationalist he was a pan Africanist. Okay. I'll explain why that is very important in a moment. I just want to touch on a couple of things that as Brother Shaka touched on. One of the problems we have is that even more than integration, black people are caught up in ingratiation. It's one thing to want to be you know associated with people. It's another thing to want to be brown nosing. Do what ingratiation is. Okay. Right. Well,
3: also on, let me hold that thought if you can. We have a couple of callers, and I want to bring on another caller uh, as we get ready to wind down. Uh, Sonia?
2: you listen to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. Please stay on the line with us, and we're going to come back to you for some final remarks. Caller from area code 301 Tell us where you're calling from, and uh, give your, give us your comments or questions, and then we're going to go to another caller. Thank you for being with us on Black Wall Street USA. You're on the air.
8: Yes, uh, this is Bob uh, from D.C., and I'm going to be quick with very brief. Um, okay. Mar- Marcus Garvey, and, and, and you're right, Ron, about the uh, Chicago recent mayoral election. You're absolutely right. Uh, Ron Emanuel got twice as many votes as all the black candidates put together. And there's no excuse for that, from Harold to Carroll, and it was a disaster. Uh, let, let, let me let me tell you why. Uh, black nationalism, which for me, I mean, there's no such thing as Jewish nationalism or Irish nationalism or Hispanic nationalism. They just do what any anybody would do. You know? Jews they, call
4: it Zionism.
8: Well, 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 they do what anybody would do in order to uh uh protect and, and and to to live to thrive any anybody would do that. The problem with black nationalism uh as it is embodied uh first uh Marcus Garvey remains eighty five years since Garvey was deported, and his movement still remains a mystery to me it, it It is a mystery as to how he can amass that great of a movement, and like overnight it collapses to nothing. And like I said, it's been 85 years, and, you know, I haven't seen any remnants of of Garveyism. But let me say this, and you will never have any remnants of Garveyism for one reason. In order for black nationalism to thrive, and I agree with it, you got to do something about the thugs. You're never going to make the black community a place where you want to retire, where you want to do business, where you want to raise your family, where you want to uh, build your business. Black community is
4: never going to be anything until we get rid
8: of the criminality.
4: That's what's holding black nationalism back. Ron Rico mentioned that Garvey was more than a nationalist. He was a pan-Africanist. So the problems that Garvey had here in America, they thought they had crushed it like you were saying that they did. But it rose a thousandfold on the continent of Africa. Kwame Nkrumah, the first president of Ghana, considered himself a Garveyite. Jomo Kenyatta. Uh, Kenyana of uh, Kenya considered himself a Garveyite. Nande Azikwe of Nigeria considered himself a Garveyite. Garvey is called the first national hero of Jamaica. Like George Washington is your first national hero, he is the first national hero of Jamaica. He could be the first national hero of a half a dozen nations in the Caribbean because of his influence. So while you don't see the things that uh, the seeds that were laid, we go down to the nation of Islam and we see Farrakhan as savior's date. When you look at the MGT, those women in those uniforms, they look just like the Black Cross nurses. When you look at the FOI in those uniforms, they look just like the African legions. So while the seeds of Garveyism are unknown to some of us, some of us know how well they were planted, and we see them growing and popping up all the time. Plus, there's a c- continuous maintenance of relationships between Garveyites around the world. Brother Rico is down in Florida. Brother uh, Brother uh, uh, Brown is up in Canada. Brother Marima is in D.C. Uh, we got brothers and sisters all over the world, and uh, you know what? Every oh, okay, year on okay, Marcus brother, Garvey's I, 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 birthday, every a year, year on we'll Marcus go, Garvey's birthday. To kind of I got a quick
8: i got a quick question, please. How many sure, contracts ahead, does quick, Garvey Ice got? How, how, how many what? Contracts. Contracts. Like, you know, uh, Boeing just got a $35 billion contract for the, from the Air Force. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, Bob, there. I understand that,
3: but how, I, I do know uh, that, yeah. Marcus Garvey. About him having contracts, he owned the businesses where he didn't need no contracts.
4: That's uh, right. Based
3: on his entrepreneurship.
4: And until uh, I we mean, get but, that, entrepreneurship, I that,
3: even historically at that time, even with Black Wall Street and Tulsa, Oklahoma, the they question wasn't is concerned how many shipping contracts. companies
4: do we own? How many ships do we own? How many factories do we own? Not how how well we've been able to beg people for a piece of the crumb that falls uh, from the table. So when we study Garveyism, my brother, it's not to say that we uh, uh, that have the Marcus Garvey Institute or uh, all that, what we're saying is that our people just need to be become more acquainted. And sometimes the ignorance that seems to exist sometimes on something that is so important, in other words, we could acknowledge Marcus Garvey built and led the, the largest mass movement, but the average person that you talk to about Marcus Garvey, after five minutes, they're exhausted in terms of their knowledge, whereas the the... Uh, Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam He studied Marcus Garvey And what did the Vietnam uh, do Against the United States government They defeated them In other words there are people who have been borrowing From Garveyism And yet the people that he gave his life for that he taught that we should, you know, be missionaries of the gospel of and persuade our people to be kind and good and gentle. Don't just see Garveyism as a political philosophy. Uh, uh, when yeah, you no. talk about the games, when you talk about the criminal elements in our community, it was the Alma Marcus Garvey who first taught us how we needed to be able to try to elevate those elements that are inside of our community and turn them around and change them. So Garveyism is complete no, no, and comprehensive. No, no. We just no, aren't.
8: No. They, they they're not okay. changing, okay? They they they, they selling their dope, they ain't changing. But look, here, how much how much uh uh Mom, intercontinental Mom, you... commerce do we have with the Garveyites? Ice? Mean, you, you mentioned the Africans who look up to Garvey in Ghana, Nigeria and Vietnam. How much how much business do we do? I Me mean, this is the reason why black folk have given up on black folk. This is why you got elections like the one you got in Chicago. This is why Obama can get ninety six percent of the black vote and black people don't vote nothing from him. Nanny Bro, Brother Bob, do you hear me? Bob, Brother Bob. Yes, yes, sir. You hear me? I'm yes, yes
3: I can. I'm yes. Do you hear me? Yes. You hear me, Shaka? Yes. Okay, I'm the host. All right? Thank you. Now, as we come to a close, I think that black nationalism is related to um Marcus Garvey, as it relates to Malcolm X, or even as it related to Martin Luther King in his last days of saying that the check is insignificant, and where even Martin Luther King stated that if America don't change its ways, it's going to see a new type of movement happening. Uh, Martin Luther King did not live to actually expound more on what he stated but he was talking more into economics and than what he did in his earlier days. How do we and uh, if with that i would like uh caller to i mean uh, sonia do we have uh michael carter on on the line?
2: We have a caller from uh area called five one zero we're gonna go to that number right now you're on you're on the air with black wall street u s a
3: good, good evening everyone. Mr. John, uh, uh, National Chair. I hope that you heard my last statement as it relates to the, uh, the movement of Marcus Garvey, to Malcolm X, to the question uh, of the direction of, of uh, Martin Luther King, to the debate and the concern that we have here now of um, nationalism versus non-nationalism, and how would you sum this up as it relates to the question that would be on the Black Wall Street National Convention in October? How would you address that, the discussion that you just heard?
5: Well, and can I, you I, make
3: it quick, because you know I don't <laughs> give you that much time. Well, yeah, and that's what I have in mind, so I'm going to make it real quick.
9: Um, You know, when you look at the history of Marcus Garvey and his movement and some of the mon- monumental uh, efforts he made the PPP and in, in establishing uh, an organization to help the poor and workers and when you combine that with Tulsa or anywhere where African Americans found a semblance a brief wind of independence we, we, we got to Put aside names Personalities Names of Organizations Egos All of that goes out the window Because what's behind a Marcus Garden is a Mighty wind of God and and it's A spirit Um, And so I heard a caller earlier Talk about leaders We need a leader, we're all leaders In some capacity But we must look at this deeper than just the surface, and so I just want to offer Brother Barack a, a a portion at the convention so that you can share and and give us you know insight knowledge of Marcus Garvey.
4: Thank you, my brother.
9: But uh, uh, we got to remember here that what's happening in Chicago, for example, is an education at the same time preparing. For people that. When Marcus Garvey died at 52 years old, he didn't know any of us. When he started his movement and went to the council in 1928, he didn't know any of us, the no one who lived in Chicago now. But what he was doing was laying the groundwork for me, for you. Whatever I benefit from today as a black man in America. Whatever Barack Obama benefits as being president, the Marcus Garvey's, the Dr. King's, the Primus King's, uh, the people that we hardly even hear about, they planted seeds. But now there are those who did things in their blood. We don't even know their name. It's a spirit behind it. So we can't get caught up in how many contracts Marcus Garvey, Marcus Garvey is not about getting contracts, he was about sustaining. Black life. And he had to have a mechanism to, about which to, to accomplish this. But there was a spirit behind it. So in four years or three years, what happened in Chicago? Black Wall Street districts started popping up all over the place because there was a wind behind a Ron Carter, a wind behind a Sonia Perdue, 200 years ago. From now not not many people going to know Michael Carter or Ron Carter Sonia, Sonya do, But what we do now is the same spirit in which Garvey operated, which created Garvey Knights and all the rest of the black leadership that we see today, the upper black leadership class or the blue layer,
3: whatever you want to call it. Well, Chairman, um, we as we wind down, and I definitely don't want Sonny to get all on my case after Give later on. Give her ten minutes, Ron. Cut it off right now. Give us ten minutes. <laughs> uh, uh, Brother Shaka, given the uh, words of our National Chair, uh, Michael Carter, and as we sum up to move forward, uh, what are some of your closing remarks as we, we Continue Marcus Garvey, and how we use that, uh, and as it is, it's the Marcus Garvey Institute, correct?
4: Yes. Okay. Well, what, what do we saying.
3: do to, and I know that you are ongoing uh, uh, carrying the spirit of Marcus Garvey, but how do we, and I know that the, the Temple of Mercy, uh, uh, Minister Raheem is joining in partnership with you, along with a lot of other people. Uh, So where do we see between August and now with the uh, Marcus Garvey Institute? What what can we look forward to?
4: Well, first of all, I want to thank your chairman for those wise remarks that truly indicates that there are many, many leaders, and he exemplified that. Secondly, I accept uh, his proposal that I share information on the uh, life and the works of the Honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey at your upcoming uh, Black Wall Street conference. Uh, third, as we move towards um, August, uh, the month of August, and the celebrations that are planned for that, I'll be constantly in contact with Garveyites around the world because As I said, RICO is down there in Florida, and they have a great celebration every year. And there are others around the world who we want to encourage and inspire uh, so that they can continue to do what they do to keep the life and the works of the Alma Marcus Garvey before the people. And we will continue as the Marcus Garvey Institute to use every avenue that is available to us to reach our young people and uh, our college students Uh, I also teach at the Juvenile Detention Center. Uh, I'll go stand on the corner and teach uh, Garveyism. So every opportunity that we can get to share information, we're going to utilize that. Now that we have these large posters, these large pictures that we will bring to the Black Wall Street Economic Summit, people will be able to see um, the images that are necessary to make this a little more real for them as we carry out um, the ideas of Marcus Garvey in the 21st century
3: forward to you know we we are you know uh uh Shaka you've been to many a uh, summits and you have gave the historical uh overview uh over of view of Tulsa Oklahoma with uh, very diligently you have put it out there and with the spirit that you did so and maybe we can put you on the agenda for the upcoming summits and naturally leading to our national convention that will be October the 21st to the 23rd. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, Brother Shaka, uh, for coming on Chicago's Black Business Network uh, of uh, Black Wall Street USA. And we definitely have to touch bases. We haven't uh, did so in a long time. I appreciate, Sonia, for getting you on. And also from uh, Bob. And uh, from um, a brother from uh, Miami Garden uh, and all the rest of the callers, thank you for uh, being a part of the program. Uh, Sonia, did I give you any time left?
2: Well, thank you so much. This is a record, Mr. Carter. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. That's the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. Joining us this evening was Mr. Shaka Barak. And, and we miss you at the summit Uh, We do hope to see you, and we do hope to see the uh, exhibit at the upcoming National Convention. I'm going to give you one minute, Michael Carter, our national president, to tell us about the upcoming National Convention.
9: Well, thank you, Sonia, and thank you for all that you're doing. Um, I'm very excited, uh, and it really came about over the past three weeks uh, that we decided to uh, select Gary Uh, over San Diego and Seattle as the next site uh, for the National Convention. And I'm excited about our young team that we have. I did have a conference with them, and uh, Ron has really done a phenomenal job at building teams in Chicago. And and it's not just about naming districts and passing proclamation. Ron Carter and his team, uh, Mark Allen and all the rest, are really doing a phenomenal job. And so they are really responsible for securing Gary. And we will have it at the uh, Genesis Convention Center uh, on uh, in, on the 21st through the 23rd of October. So I'm encouraging everyone to uh, register uh, and remember that this is a movement, people. It's not about us. It's about people who have already died, but they gave their lives. We never met them. They're called our ancestors. This movement is about people that We will never ever meet But what we do now Will shape their future And we, need, we can leave something behind So go to uh, Blackwallstreet.org or Blackwallstreetdistrict.com And register now uh, Or join the organization And also check out Blackwallstreetchicago.org And watch, look at all the phenomenal uh, Works of that group Um and so uh, you know, that that
2: that's basically it, you. I hope I left you some time. You did indeed leave us enough time. Ron, And I got a little surprise uh for you, Michael. Uh Mark S. Allen is gonna be part of the C B B N on Blog Talk Radio lineup very soon and uh I can see you, Shaka. Rod and Mark going at it So that's gonna, we're going <laughs> to add that That show in a couple of weeks I know you would like that Michael uh, We're no. going to add that sh- <laughs> We're going to add that show in a couple of weeks And we're just going to keep on growing And growing, going across the nation And talking to our communities We appreciate Jewel for staying on the line with us We appreciate our caller from Miami I'm going to give you uh, 60 seconds Ron to tell us about The upcoming summit in Chicago
3: Well, that upcoming summit is going to be March 26, uh, 2011. It is Summit 15. It's on self-pilot. It's going to be uh, the theme is All Eyes on the District. And even though it's all eyes on the 16 districts that we have identified here in Chicago, it's also on parity legislation of uh, contract procurement, where we want as as barack um uh i'm sorry uh indicated earlier is that we got these uh wards that are 70 percent black in chicago and we want to carry legislation that would guarantee that blacks get the contracts of work that's being done in their wards so that is going to be on the agenda for march 26 along with uh, we are bringing in other institutions, such as the University of Chicago, uh, Chicago Metropolitan Area Planning, so that we can get an inclusion of how others are planning our neighborhood, where if I can be gentle to say, plan with us or don't plan at all. So that's the focus of our summit. Of May, I'm sorry, of March 26. But prior to that is our reception, which will be here at Black Wall Street South Street Journal office at 449 East 35th Street, uh, Chicago, Illinois, 6 uh, p.m. to 11. Uh, depending on how Miss Richardson want to hang out, I'm not for sure. But uh, that will be happening next. Friday on 35th Street.
2: Thank you so much, Ron Carter. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonya Perdue, co-host of Black Wall Street USA. You were listening to our chairman there, uh, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal. The Summit 15 Economic Summit for Black Wall Street is March 26th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Room Forty-three. For more information, you can call 312-624-8351, 312-624-8351. Thank you for being a part of all that we do. We'll be back next Thursday. We, ap- we appreciate you. Have a good night, everyone.
1: Good night.